you're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at BuckSexton.com. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut Monday, September 13th edition of the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you with me, and I hope you had an excellent weekend. Fauci says he would support the air travel vaccine mandate that people have been talking about for a while. No surprise there. Plus, resignations because of the mandate to get the jab have forced some New York uh, state hospitals to pause deliveries of babies because of staff shortages. Plus, you've got 9-11 anniversary and domestic terror being talked about a lot by people like George W. Bush. The drone strike in Afghanistan. Did we actually have the Biden administration pull the trigger on a terrorist or just on a family and a bunch of kids? A male MMA fighter beats a female, a transgender male MMA fighter beats a female MMA fighter. No surprise there. And Bill Maher on the black national anthem. We'll get to hopefully all of this. And so we have, as we tend to do, a stacked show today. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. And this year, the foundation is honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to Ground Zero, more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August through 9-11. Towers of light are to shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance, and the names of those we lost to 9-11-related illness are being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th. And on Veterans Day, the names of those we lost in the war on terror will also be said out loud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. It's a bizarre circumstance right now in New York City with the COVID mandates, the vaccine passports. I mean, I can tell you that I went uh, over the weekend. I got invited and went to the U.S. Open final, which lasted for like two hours. It was a very quick match where uh, Djokovic, who's arguably the best tennis player who has ever lived based on his record and his tournament wins, I lost very quickly. Anyway, this is not a sports podcast. We don't really care. The point is you walk in and they're shouting at everybody. They're shouting at everybody. Have your vaccine passport ready. Have your vaccine passport ready. And then you walk past. And I'm when I say that they were scanning the passports, I mean, with their eyes, they looked at the vax passport for less than a second. I mean, I, I could have held up a a soiled napkin and said, here's my vaccine passport. And they would have let me in. It doesn't really matter. Right. They're just going through the motions. Because the people that are making these determinations, these decisions are full of it. And everyone, I think at some level, I'm starting to see this now. They're realizing that a lot of this stuff is just stupid. And I mean, libs. I mean, I'm starting to see places. For example, I went into my uh, local laundromat dry cleaner and they had a mask sign, but no one was wearing masks, including the employees. I went into my corner coffee shop. They had a mask sign. The employees, about half of them were wearing masks and about half the people in the store were wearing masks in the shop. But there was a time when you would have been asked to leave both of those establishments without a mask on. So I'm wondering 
if something is finally happening here, at least in the blue lockdown state areas where people are just realizing this is so stupid, I can't can't keep doing this, can't keep this nonsense going anymore. But perhaps I'm just too hopeful. Perhaps I'm giving too much credit and it's very little credit. Understand that we should have been where where we are now with all this thinking We should have been there really a year ago. Uh, We should have been there a long time ago when it comes to masks, when it comes to social distancing. I mean, that's just theater. It's the equivalent of the TSA employees who pretend like patting you down because some weird beep went off when you went through the machine is going to keep people on the plane safer. You know, they like touch your butt for a second, say, excuse me, sir, I'm going to touch your butt. And now, well, you know, maybe some folks enjoy that part of it. I'm just saying it's it's weird, right? Because it doesn't actually do anything. And they pat you down in the front. And they pat you down in the back. And sure enough, that's what we've been reduced to with so much of this COVID stuff, the theatrics of it. But Fauci is still out there and he's not going to give up until we have fully submitted and there's full authoritarian health state stuff going on. Well, I think the president is, is, is you know, being s- somewhat moderate in his demand, if you want to call it that, in that there are some people who really don't want to get vaccinated, but they don't want to lose their job. You've got to give them an off lane. And the off lane is if you get tested frequently enough and find out you're positive, you won't come to work and you won't infect other people. So it really is somewhat of a compromise there. Myself, I would make it just vaccinate or not but he was trying to be moderate in what his pronouncement was i mean this is classic here you have fauci he was like i mean i'm a little bit of a totalitarian sociopath and i would fire anyone who didn't get the shot right away but it's like we have bad cop very bad cop with biden and me there is no good cop because that would mean being normal and so i insist that you get the shot and he just says get it or be harassed with testing forever this is what we are up against i mean this is the reality of the covid regime that we are under right now where dr fauci is willing to say that he'll basically do whatever i mean there are no lengths he's unwilling to go to there's no degree of harassment that is too much as far as he's concerned it's just a question of what can they get away with as if testing weekly is going to prevent people from getting sick and going into work. Remember we were told that 40% of cases were asymptomatic? And I can tell you that these symptoms can come on having had COVID very quickly, and you may well not know. And so, okay, if you get tested every Wednesday, what happens if you get sick on a Saturday and you go into work on Monday? Right? The, the testing thing, it's, it's not like that's going to be some massively successful program to prevent people, but it's also not meant to really continue on. They just say this so that they can play this game of, oh, it's not a vaccine mandate. Yes, it is. No one's going to want to get tested, go through that irritation, you know, the the amount of cost that will be involved in this. No one's going to want to do that every week forever. Right now, that's what they're saying. Get tested every week forever. People aren't going to want to go through that nonsense and they know it, but this is what they're doing. I mean, they will never tire of harassing you no matter how much they're wrong, no matter how useless their stupid ideas may be. They never get tired of harassing you because they're now addicted to the control. They luxuriate in the ability. The elites in this country love that they have this imaginary 
righteous war against, you know, not enough social distancing and not enough masking that they're and, and not enough vaccination that they're fighting all the time. It shouldn't be their problem at all. You know, there's an issue here because you have 35 year olds and 25 year olds who are constantly paranoid about being around an unvaccinated person as if their vaccination is not enough. And when you add in their vaccination and the level of natural protection that they have just from being young and and healthy, they're absurd. But they don't care about the 75 year old uh, person in a red state in a rural area who's unvaccinated. dying. They don't care. In fact, they often you see on social media, they celebrate this, which is really ghoulish and disgusting. But they're just paranoid. They're a bunch of neurotics. We have all these neurotics running around the country. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared of COVID. I lived my life. I got COVID. I'm still here. This should be a choice that people are allowed to make. I'm going to live my life. I might get COVID. Maybe I'm vaccinated. Maybe I'm not. You know, we'll go through the whole list of what your risk parameters may or may not be. And that's it. But they won't allow you to live that life because that would put us back to normal. I mean, we could have treated this like a really bad flu season. Or, you know, a, a once in a generation flu, whatever you want to call it, and just work to get the vaccines done as quickly as possible. And all this other stuff was completely unnecessary. You know, everything beyond the two weeks to slow the spread was just abusive and it was overreach. But they will never admit that. You have to understand that there's a huge intellectual insecurity for a lot of people here who have gone along with all this stuff. They don't want to believe that they're walking around with masks outside because they're neurotics who can't think for themselves. And there are millions and millions of these people across the country. They want to believe they're really smart. I read like three articles from the front page of the New York Times every day, and I'm like really smart. They don't really teach people to think anymore in schools, you know. They teach everyone to be little box checkers. Oh, I did this, and I did that, and I read this, and then I went there, and then I did this, and... It's not actually critical thinking skills that people are learning. It's certainly not intellectual bravery or consistency. It's how to play within a system, a system that, as you know, is dominated by the left. The reason that we're pursuing some of these requirements is, again, uh, we know a lot of businesses, uh, you know, have welcomed it. We know that many they will help keep workplaces safe. And Dan, if we ultimately want to not only get people back to work, but keep them at work, if we want workers to know, hey, I'm coming back to the workplace and it's going to be safe. These vaccinations will help people do that. And I believe that will not only improve public health, but it'll give people some more peace of mind. I don't think that the federal government should be in the giving neurotics peace of mind business. I don't think that that's really their role, but clearly they have decided that it is. Uh, That was the uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy who's out there telling everybody, you know, these mandates are a great idea. Mandates that they themselves, the Democrats, would have admitted even seven or eight months ago are unnecessary, are a bad idea, are wrong to put in place. Now they're doing it. And you're supposed to forget that they once agreed with you that this should not happen. You're supposed to believe that you're the crazy one, even though they're the side that keeps changing everything they say and keeps being wrong and just will endlessly harass you all the time. I mean, America is now run by the most annoying, low testosterone hall monitors that you ever came across in high school. That's that's who's calling the shots in this Biden administration. And it's it's very frustrating for the rest of us who just want to live our lives. Come back in a second here and talk about the. 
uh, 9-11 anniversary and how some were trying to make this about domestic terror in this country. A lot of comments about this, but we'll get to that in a moment. You know, when running a business, HR issues can kill you. I mean, you've got wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager uh, is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. It's month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. B-A-M-B-E-E, Bambi.com slash buck. Just want to note that there were some lunatic libs over the weekend uh, who were saying things like, uh, and this was, you know, this was on social media. So you're seeing people say things like uh, 9-11 was the worst thing to happen in this country in a generation until January 6th. I mean, this is this is crazy. I mean, no person can honestly believe that that's the case, but they say it anyway. They are so desperate to despise their political opponents that they'll say things out loud that you just you can recognize right away as being so stupid, as being beyond belief and that's not that's not a surprise right that's not something that is new for any of us yeah they'll say that the january 6th insurrection where only one person was killed and it was a protester and it wasn't an insurrection it was a riot but they they say this stuff anyway because the base loves to hear it and beyond that um they want an excuse for why they can hate the other side. They want an excuse for why they don't have to actually address their political opponents like normal people. Uh, George Bush, though, who has become quite a disappointment, I will say he's, a, you know, he's not. Well, he's getting close. He's not quite as bad as Mitt Romney, someone that I'm embarrassed to say that I voted for at one point. He's not quite as bad, but he's definitely getting close to as bad as Mitt Romney. Um, here's uh, the CNN write-up of this. Former President Bush called on Americans, this was over the weekend, to confront domestic violent extremists, comparing them to violent extremists abroad and warning that they are children of the same foul spirit. In a speech marking the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, Bush said the U.S. had seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. Here's his line, quote, there is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home, Bush said, but in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, and they're determined to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. Uh, in their disregard for human life. I mean, the January 6th insurrection, they didn't they didn't kill anybody. 
It wasn't actually a lethal force insurrection. It wasn't even an insurrection. Why would Bush say something like this? Well, because he is so beaten down and has been so humiliated by the left uh, during and after his presidency that I think he's just desperate to regain some sense of their approval. He is now a Republican who is desperate for a pat on the head from the side that was responsible for ruining his reputation, calling him a war criminal, uh, all the awful things, saying that he was the dumbest president to have ever held the office. Now he just wants them to be a little bit more nice to him. But let me just let me just look at this for a second as a someone who used to do counterterrorism work for the CIA and understands these dynamics and the threats that are really involved here. They're comparing in this uh, Bush did this and others did this as well over the weekend. But to compare a global jihadist entity like Al Qaeda that was operating training camps that was trying to get uh, different weapons of mass destruction. We know this. I mean, this is a matter of fact. They were trying to figure out if they could create their own chemical weapons, if they could get a radioactive material for a dirty bomb if they could find some means to destroy an entire U.S. city and kill every man, woman, and child in it to, because they hate us and want to bring us to our knees and want to destroy our society to compare and, and, and killed almost 3,000 Americans in one day. Uh, people incinerated, people jumping to their deaths, people buried in the rubble of a massive building as it collapsed. To compare that to QAnon shaman walking around in a furry hat, making jokes with some members of the Capitol Hill police and taking selfies with a bunch of grannies. While there were some people, yes, that rioted and were pushing and, and punching cops, they did not kill anyone. To compare those two things is irresponsible and disgusting beyond words. But they want to demonize you. They think you listening to this because you listen to my show. So you must be someone who has taken the so-called red pill. You must want to think for yourself. You are a problem for them. You are an impediment to their absolute control. Al Qaeda, they'll figure out Al Qaeda. They'll send your sons and daughters to go fight abroad. No big deal for them. They'll send your children and grandchildren to fight those foreign wars. They don't really care. The left, the Democrat Party, is first and foremost concerned with their control here at home. And because you are a threat to that, you are their primary threat. And that's what comes across when they make these comparisons between January 6 and 9-11. And that's why we need to understand the other side here and how vicious they are willing to be how disgusting they are in their disdain for all of their fellow Americans who voted for Trump or who believe that there were election irregularities or even outright cheating. They hate you more than they hate Al Qaeda. And they'll tell you that on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, that should send a chill down your spine. But you need to know that you need to understand that's what they really think. And speaking of the foreign uh, wars abroad. I went on TV right after we lost 13 of our Americans, uh, mostly Marines and a corpsman. Uh, 
I, I went on TV and said the likelihood that they'll be able to use intelligence to go after the people involved in this attack right away, the suicide bombing attack at Kabul airport is very low because I used to sit in the middle of that intelligence apparatus and see all the reports. I had a, you know, a top secret clearance and I used to see everything coming through. And I remember knowing as soon as the Biden administration said, we're going to go out there and they're going to feel our wrath and fury. I said, well, they're going to be out of there. I mean, the U.S. will be out in a few days. Why do we think that they'll be able to strike within a few days? Well, it turns out that based on an investigation largely pushed by The New York Times, I have to say, it looks like the Biden administration might have fired a hellfire missile at the car of an aid worker and killed uh, seven children. That's the that's the latest update. And there's video. I've seen the video. This guy is carrying water jugs into his car. And if this were not a uh, Democrat, if this were a an embattled Republican, I could assure you that there would be wall to wall media coverage of this, that the president essentially ordered the assassination of a family in Afghanistan as a political wag the dog moment. Right. Get attention away from the catastrophic and idiotic planning of the withdrawal from Afghanistan and get it on. Look at how tough Joe Biden is. Look at how Grandpa Joe can, you know, can bring down the hellfire, so to speak, or literally, and, uh, and, and bring the fight to our enemies. That's what we're supposed to think. That's what you're supposed to see with this. But it turns out that's not what happened here. I do not believe that we were able to, on the spot, find and destroy the one suicide bombing attack that was coming against us, given the intelligence uh, networks that we had on the ground in Afghanistan that had clearly collapsed as we were about to roll out of the country. I find that very hard to believe that they just happened to get that vehicle just in time. And I said so initially, I said, we're not going to be able to find out who did this and stop the next attack and everything else. We're just hoping we're relying on, as we were, the Taliban to stop the next attack. And that is exactly what ended up happening. But the Biden administration needed to seem like they were on it, like they could be counted on to defend the American people. And so that means they had to blow up a car full of uh, a guy and his whole family and pretend that it was a suicide bombing attack. That is what they did. Um, that is what they were willing to do. You know, there used to be a, a situation where you could say, hey, there are some places where biology matters and it's a question of safety. And the left would say, OK, I mean, I guess we'll agree with that for now. But their incrementalism has pushed beyond it, as you all know. So there was a time just a few years ago where I could say, well, we can all agree that men and women's sports should be separate, but also particularly combative sports, boxing, MMA. You can't have someone who is biologically male fighting someone who is biologically female. You know, I'm a guy who was a, was a high school athlete and gets to the gym at best three times a week these days. I need to get up to five. I will. And I mean, I can tell you, I, I remember being in a, in a CrossFit class a few years ago and my bench press was like 40 pounds or 50 pounds more than the strongest woman, including a few women who were CrossFit competitors. I mean, they were in incredible shape, far better shape, obviously, than I was. But I'm a guy and I weigh 200 pounds and I'm going to be able to bench more than a woman who weighs 130 or 140 pounds. That's just reality. But 
They don't want to recognize biological reality on the left, including a fight that MMA fight that happened over the weekend. Alana McLaughlin had a victory over Celine Provost of France, and people are saying this was cheating and robbery. McLaughlin beat Provost in the second round of the Combat Global Primaries in Florida. McLaughlin transitioned after leaving U.S. Army Special Forces in 2010. She's the second openly transgender woman to fight MMA in the U.S. after Fallon Fox. And the victory via a rear naked choke sparked controversy online because, uh, you know, you had a biological male fighting a woman and the male won. And this should shock nobody because this is going to happen over and over again. But the left has completely lost its mind. I mean, they will try to find some way to justify this kind of stuff. They will try to because they know that if, if they will recognize the biological reality here, it poses a problem for their overall narrative. It, it challenges what they want to say all the time, which is, oh, there's no big deal here. There's no difference. There absolutely is. And we can all see it and we all know it. But the narrative is more important than so many things. The narrative is more important than a woman's safety. Uh, you know, the w- women's sports are going to slowly be destroyed by this. And the Democrats think they're doing women a favor by pretending that men are women. When we all know that that is not, in fact, possible. We'll get into uh, Bill Maher's astute comments about the black national anthem being played at NFL games in just a moment. But, you know, big tech monitors us, censors us, deplatforms us. And conservatives have been helpless to do anything about it until now on Getter. You can talk with friends and family and express your political beliefs without fear of Silicon Valley liberals coming after you. Join Getter, the social media platform that supports free speech and opposes cancel culture. Getter is led by former Trump advisor Jason Miller, who saw what big tech did to President Trump and decided to fight back. It is the fastest growing social media platform in history with over 1.6 million users and growing. Join Getter. It's in the App Store, the Google Play Store, and at Getter.com. Longer posts, shorter, uh, longer posts, longer videos, sharper and clearer pictures. Send a message today. Join Getter, G-E-T-T-R. It is time to cancel, cancel culture. When people say to me sometimes, like, boy, you know, you go after the left a lot these days. Why? I'm like, because you're embarrassing me. (laughs) That's why I'm going after the left in a way you never did before, because you're inverting things that I I'm not going to give up on being liberal. This is what these teachers are talking about, that, that you're taking children and making them hyper aware of race in a way they wouldn't otherwise be. I mean, I, I saw last night on the football game, uh, Alicia Keys saying lift every voice and sing, which now I hear is called the black national anthem. Now, maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, many of them, have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean, segregation. You've inverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name. He's obviously right, but let me just say, this is actually not new. Back when I was even in college, there were, Dorms, they called them affinity dorms, where it would be there was the black student union dorm. There was the Latino house dorm. There were these dorms where people would choose. 
Now, they said, oh, it's because the dorm is just a celebration of that culture. Well, guess what? The people in that dorm were able to determine who could get in. They would have to look at applications. And it was essentially 90 percent, 95 percent plus people of that ethnic background who were living in that dorm. Maybe they'd have a couple to say, oh, it's not everyone from the such and such background. I mean, that's what they would say. Look, friends, we all understand what's really going on here. The left is separating us by the immutable characteristics that they want to use. They want to use to create this identity politics based system. And they know that by tearing uh, tearing away at our shared Americanness, which we all have, regardless of race, creed or color, uh, that they're in a better position to empower themselves and to take control, to be in power. And I would just say, with all the stuff that we see going on right now, we should be very clear about the fact that the left doesn't feel even a little bit chastened. I mean, they, they don't feel even a little bit uh, embarrassed about being super aggressive in the way that they are separating us with all this. We've got BLM, riots, all the terrible stuff that happened. Didn't make anything better for anyone. Does the left apologize? No, of course not, because it served the purpose. It gave an outlet. It gave a mobilization, rationalization to people to see each other as as different under the terms the left wants us to. It's wrong what's going on. I mean, there being two national anthems at an NFL game is wrong. It's a disgrace. But they're going to keep doing it because division, divide and conquer, the old military strategy, right? Division aids those who want to run roughshod over your rights, over your constitutional protections, and tell you what you can do, where you can go, who you can see, where you can eat, all of that. They got to keep us divided, friends. If our Americanness brings us together, the elites and their apparatus of control is under threat. Never forget that. Thanks for being here with me on the Buck Sexton Show. Make sure you become a supporter, please, at bucksexton.locals.com. Uh, we're trying to build up that community and do live streams starting this week. So bucksexton.locals.com. And I'll be back with you tomorrow, same time and place. Shields high.